0: We are very thankful that Nitin, someone like you, has come. Right now, the whole conversation is centered around money. How are you looking at the macro trends in India right now, and how will it evolve?
1: The first one is that the entire COVID situation itself is right. Uh, we don't know currently whether we are close to a peak in peak in infections. Uh, you know, I'm I'm no one. I'm not. I'm not medically qualified enough to comment on that. But I think various people are talking about. How long is this lockdown going to, going to going to go on? Is it going to be a V-shaped, a U-shaped, l L-shaped, or a W-shaped recovery? Will lockdowns continue happening? I mean, I mean, this is a conversation that we can have for uh, for uh, for you know us together. But I think, uh, but I think, there are actually, two things that are very clear as a result of it. The first is that the economic impact as a result of this lockdown has been severe, right? and i think i think uh, uh, the way the way that it has uh, the way that it has played out both globally as well as in as well as in india is actually being completely seen i think it's one of the first times that you're realizing how interconnected our economy is and how impact on any one sector actually has an impact everywhere so you know when you're talking about money uh, uh, you know you're so right because because you suddenly realize that how something that is completely not connected to you is actually interconnected through this whole whole weave together and you know the f- the two things that are completely clear is one is that this quarter is uh, is going to be is going to be very bad. You know, be it if you are a public listed company, if you're a small entrepreneur, right? You're not looking at revenues that are uh, that are more than 10, 20 percent of normal times, unless you are one of the lucky few who's actually seeing increase in increase in demand as a result of the of the COVID phenomena, But that's very few. Secondly, uh, the point is that you know if you actually look at it, 55 percent of the economy is still working right despite the lockdown because of the fact that the lockdown has been limited to certain cities right the lockdown has been has been has been limited to various places but there is still a portion of the economy that's working but that's not enough to really lift up the whole uh, you know the whole economy i think the third biggest issue is the fact that i think there's lesser worry that i have on supply as i have on demand right because what i what i believe will really play out over the next few so i think to cut a, to cut a long story short and i can speak for this uh, for long but i think there is an impact on the on on the economy for the next one or at least the most clear impact of it you will see within the next 3 to 6 months and and then you will see things recover over for a period of time it's going to be a question of two things one is that of course your supply chains your logistics the way that you work together will you know come back to some form of normalcy a state like Goa is actually one of the first to to start that. I was reading a very interesting article today about how they are starting to go back to normalcy because they finally they finally declared that they are COVID free. Now let's see. Uh, I hope I hope I hope fingers crossed that that that, that 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 continues. But I think the biggest issue is really in terms of demand, right? In terms of in terms of unemployment, in terms of migrant labor, in terms of the kind of impact that the businesses will face, both in terms of funding, right, materials. And of course, as I said, therefore, and also in terms of our psyche itself, right, when people are thinking of money, will they be making discretionary spends? Right? Will the kind of pieces that you were looking at earlier continue to play out? I think it's too early to call the jury on it. But I think, but I think fundamentally, uh, elevator elevator answer for this is that, you know, this year is going to be a very bad year. It's going to take us at least 12 to 18 months to recover and to and to get back to pre-COVID uh, COVID levels in the best case scenario.
0: How do you look at wealth Where do you park your money how do you think about wealth and i want to hear from you that
1: so you know so you know there are a number of experts who can tell you where you should park your wealth right now and I, and you know i can also give a very long uh, long-winded response around whether we should get into equity at this time whether we should get into fixed income what are the various avenues but i think uh, but i think this is basically a time to actually look and reassess at your financial position first Right. If I take, if I take a step back and, you know, you were talking about money originally and saying that on everybody's mind, the first piece, do I have, do I have enough money? Uh, can I really look through seeing that if they are in unforeseen circumstances over the next few months, do I have enough money with me to last that? So I think if you go to the, basic tenets of uh, saving the first one is you have to have an emergency cash position right and especially uh COVID proves this more than anything else that you should have at least three to six to nine months of liquidity available with you to ensure that any unforeseen position be it with regard to your business be it with regard to your job you know be it with regard to your salary etc you are you have enough money in the bank to tide that over the second one is that uh, if today you are invested within the market, you are already you are already part of all the ups and downs that are happening within the market structure. So you have to basically play that out because, uh, you know, the markets did correct tremendously. Then they have seen a whipsaw movement back. They've gone back again and the markets always react faster than what, uh, than what the real economy does. You know, a lot of people say, what is an equity investor seeing that the market is climbing back all the way to 10, 11,000, right? Uh, by, even though we believe... That everything's going to be going wrong with the world over the next six to six to twelve months, right? So I think if, you are, if you're if there, you have to you have to write you have to write this journey. But it's a great time to look at your portfolio and to see what you need to do from a quality perspective. The one piece that is very clear is that you know when this lockdown lifts, when businesses start going back to normalcy, the people who will win, right, will be will be industry leaders. Will be, will be people who have quality, will be people who have scale currently for the next 12 to 18 months. And therefore, if there are changes that need to happen in your portfolio to reorient yourself, that is one very important thing to do. The second thing, uh, Shandha, is that a lot of people have invested in uh, uh, debt or fixed income funds, right? And over the last few years with the mutual fund Sahih Hai campaign and with the number of people investing in SIPs and starting to put more and more money and pulling it out of FDs, you know, you've also seen a lot of volatility in the fixed income market. And actually that volatility has been much more than what you've seen on equity because uh, currently what is happening is that, uh, that, you know, uh, companies have a cash flow problem. Therefore, you don't know whether their bonds will mature. You don't know whether they'll be able to pay it back. Uh, Banks are not ready to lend. There's not enough liquidity, right? Everybody's talking about that, re- really, and you know that can have a that can have an impact on mutual funds. Now, for example, you would have seen since last night and today that uh, there's been a problem that has happened with one of the one of the mutual funds who has gone and suspended a few of their scenes, right? And customers are in fact very worried today, right? Because what has happened is that customers have a triple whammy. They've seen, a, they've seen their they've seen their equity portfolios fall right they are seeing issues in fixed income credit right they are asking those questions they also don't know what is the light at the end of the tunnel because it is too early for anyone to say how long is this how long is this going to last right so i think uh, 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 so i think what i would advise to every person is really look at quality first is have that nest egg away for you however big or however small you are it is very important to have some cash and some nest egg built away for an emergency day see these are unprecedented times and this has shown that, that you know, we would have never thought of this ever happening to our, in our lifetimes. The second piece is really look at building quality in your portfolio. If you have to talk to your advisor, see if you have to reallocate something, if you have large holdings lying in some funds which are not doing well or some stocks that are not doing well, move towards industry industry leaders and do it gradually. There is no hurry. The markets will be very volatile over the next few months. You will have opportunities to do that. The third is that from a... Fixed income, fixed income perspective. Shout the most important thing again over there is to look at high quality, right? Be invested in AAA, you know. Uh, be invested in stuff that that you can afford to sleep at night, knowing that your that your that your money over there is not risk. Interesting. Uh, interestingly, a lot of customers are actually sitting on cash as well today, looking for opportunities. Now, for those, it's a great time because the kind of opportunities that you will get today will really ensure that in the longer run, you make some substantial amount of, uh, uh, you know, alpha or growth than what you would have done in normal times. I think uh, the last thing that is happening is that a lot of customers uh, forget their own personal wealth, but they are completely hands on deck in their own businesses right now, right? And therefore, them, one of the most important pieces is that they combine the two and they say, will my business need money over the next few months? So before I take decisions on whether to put in more money, what to do with my money, I need to call to my own business. So I think that's how I would uh, break this answer, up you.
0: If people have to look at the stock market, right? What would your advice be? People are asking about: uh, should we exit debt MF for emergency?
1: You know, one of the pieces, as I and my central thesis around this is quality and is about market leadership within the sectors that you operate. What has happened is that this has been an unprecedented event it has gone and hit your entire supply and demand chains completely for any player for any company that was not a market leader or that did not have a very compelling value proposition in the industry that they dealt with they are going to face a lot of pain right but this is a time where you should really be looking at seeing right but what has happened is that a lot of other stocks right which were very overvalued historically and you know i can take a few examples uh, you know, and of course, a few of them have again come back to earlier levels. But to take an example, like you know, there was a time when HDFC Bank really corrected, when Bajaj Fincer really corrected, right? These are all leaders within the various spaces. Now, we have an opportunity to actually look at saying that if you have money already parked in the market, and I'm talking about money that has already within the stock market, you have an opportunity to look at your portfolio and say, how do I get into market leaders that I know will recover faster and will have a much larger market share over the next few years and what they had even today, because they're best equipped to take advantage of this. You see, uh, we are seeing this globally. We're seeing this in India, right? For large players who had market share, they've been able to get their act together. They've been able to get their systems executed. They are on the ground in terms of doing a lot of stuff. For emerging guys who might have been very good, right? But it takes time to put all of this together. Now in the next three to five years, could there be a different story? Yes. But for the next two, three years, right, you have to look at those stocks uh, from a portfolio perspective, that are going to provide you both that safety and li- and and quality. I think the second point on the stock market is that if you are asking, should I put money now, right? And I'm sure that that is a question that would have also to you.
0: Yes. I would
1: advise. I would advise that you do it in a staggered manner, right? It is. It is too early to judge uh, how this whole pandemic will play out. The market has reacted ahead of reality. Right, and you see a lot of economic data coming out. You know, uh, we were talking to a lot of the a lot of the SEBI and a lot of the regulatory bodies a few days ago, talking about the fact that when the first quarter results come out for companies, right, uh, they will be very bad because all of us know that the first quarter results will be will be bad because we'll only see five or ten percent revenue as compared to hundred. Now, should you therefore be looking at, let's say, saying that you delay it or you allow it to happen with or you allow only the first two quarter results to come out together as, as has happened in a lot of places globally. Now, whether that happens or not, the point that I'm trying to make is that when those results come out or, or when you get more clarity around companies, markets will react and you'll see either uh, either stocks going down or stocks going up. If you have money waiting to get into the market, do it in a staggered manner. There is no hurry. You can wait and watch for the next few days. Right? You do it in a staggered manner when you get more information clarity today there's a lot of information asymmetric we don't have that answer second question is on debt funds and i think that that's a very important question right and and i and i must make a very clear distinction for people people are getting worried because they're seeing a lot of news right now about the fact that okay you've seen issues happen within uh, franklin templeton today right who's who has put a lot of uh, you know credit risk funds on hold now i'll answer this in two ways right there is a certain universe of bonds within that within the debt fund universe. Only about five percent of money is parked in credit risk, mm. and by credit risk you basically mean papers that are you know below A, A minus, etc. Right? The rest of it is all parked in highly liquid AAA, AA plus corporate bonds, PSUs, government security paper. Right. The second piece is that currently, I believe that this contagion is only limited to this one fund because they've seen a lot of redemption pressures over the over the course of the last few uh, few weeks and months, right? And therefore, they have taken the right the right call in the best interest of investors uh, to do uh, you know to do this kind of or to do this winding down so that customers getting out do not gain over existing customers. But that doesn't mean that the that the debt fund space is bad, right? In fact, you should not be taking uh, knee-jerk reactions in today's market. to Exit debt funds, right? Because that will cost. Because the cost of your exit, you know, there the is cost of exit loads, the cost of what you are losing in terms of returns, right? Uh, there is a taxation element on top of it. would be much ra- Would be would be much larger than any unforeseen risk that you see. But again, over there, my submission is look at quality. If you are yeah. invested to some extent in some credit risk funds, right, and you want to and you want to allocate. And you want to reallocate out of that, please reallocate out of that and get onto the short term, the, the AAA, PSU, uh, banking, banking type of uh, funds on the debt fund side that will give you good returns and that will ensure that your capital is protected. The two pieces that are very critical in this market is that don't take decisions that lead to large erosions of capital. So one is you have to look at capital preservation and then you have to look at the right opportunity uh, for uh, for growth to follow from there. So I'm just trying to simplify this so that it can appeal to everybody who's on the call.
0: How, how are you looking at investing, get, putting your money in the startup space at the moment?
1: No, I completely, uh, I think I think it's a very valid question. I think from two perspectives. One is that I think that it's a very interesting ecosystem. Second is that I think vendors uh, itself has a very large uh, uh, knowledge base and a very large and a, and a deep connect within that space. So uh, let me talk about startups in two ways, right? Uh, uh, today you've seen a large impact happen within the startup ecosystem. Today, right? Uh, you've seen a you've seen a fundamental shift happen from people chasing multiples to really people looking at sustainable businesses going forward, right? I think uh, I think I will answer this in terms of two or two or three things, right? Going forward, and even today, uh, you know, we have we have investments that we've made within the startup ecosystem, right? Uh, we have a lot of investments that we have uh, uh, that our customers have made, especially within the digital space. And I continue to believe that that's a that that's a space that will actually benefit as a result of COVID. And I tell you, because it will change customer preferences completely, right? I mean, what you and I were used to doing face to face, we have also over the last few days started to look at doing digitally. Right. If I was used to having a yoga instructor come home and, uh, you know, have a yoga class with him or her right today, I'm actually willing to go online and actually do that again as well. Right. And, uh, and I think so, I think, so I think, and, you know, and I have a lot of thoughts on this. So I'll actually try and break it up into two or three things. So from a sectoral perspective, I think the place that will do very well, uh, will continue to be digital, will continue to be plays focused on health and health and health and wellness. Right. But, uh, and, and you know, plays that are focused on strong consumer, consumer brands, right? Because I believe that as, as uh, this COVID piece opens up and as you see changes in customer preferences, strong brands who've been able to build out very unique business models will actually continue to benefit. But I think the big distinction that has to be made in today's day is that if I look at it today, right, there are basically three pieces. And I was talking about that even on the listed space, but even on the unlisted space is even more important. What is the quality of the brand and the quality of the founder that you have? What is the unique value proposition that you're looking at? How is this business going to benefit from the, from the channel choices and the channel changes that are going to happen in consumer consumer behavior? I think the, and I think the other lens that has become very important now is looking at how the business is run. How is this cost run? What are the cash flows like? Is there a sound business model here? You know? Our customers going to pay money on it, and therefore, if there's a focus on and desire on profitability, I do believe that this is a space that will continue to grow. Right, the people who are already people who are already there and who are able to, uh, uh, you know, uh, derive these, uh, you know, clearly demonstrate these will actually not be bereft of capital. You know, there is still a lot of capital that's going to be coming. Interestingly, both in the venture debt as well as in the venture equity space, you will see a flow of capital happening over the course of the next few years most private equity funds most venture funds are sitting on a lot of dry powder right uh, a lot of players like sequoia etc also announced that they're going to be raising more money they're going to be raising almost billion 1.3 billion dollars as the you know as one of the largest india allocations so i'm actually very positive about this space but i do believe that there's going to be a lot of destruction in terms of a lot of the uh, you know a lot of the players that are that are there today Currently, over the next 12 months, a lot of the players who are already there and who've grown to a certain size will see an immediate benefit versus any other insurgent player, right? But over the next three to five years, you will actually see new brands become even more and more, more and more interesting.
0: Most of the venture capital that you're talking about, the money is from outside India, right? It's not from Indian HNIs. Are you seeing that change?
1: No, we are. We are actually seeing that seeing that change a lot. So, so see, uh, I'll tell you, uh, it's a little difficult to comment upon what's happening over the last 45, 60 days, because I think very few investors have the mindset or the appetite immediately to look at new investments and they're worried about what's happening within their own portfolios. So apart from people who are sitting on cash, who've actually been very, 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 so I've been on at least two or three calls with with customers who've been keen on looking at opportunities to explore, to invest. They are saying if they are high quality businesses that are suffering from cash flow today, we actually want to find a way of ensuring that we are able to support them and invest. So if you ask me from an ecosystem of, of, of ultra HNI's people who have the money people, who have the sophistication and who have the dry capital available today, a lot of people are interested. A larger set of people who have historically invested are also waiting and watching because they're waiting to see the impacts on their own businesses, right? But I think the one piece is that if you're going to people with quality ideas today, people continue to believe. In fact, there's a whole thesis that says that as compared, and you know, a lot of people said that the thesis on, on the startup piece will change because people will say that public markets have connected so much that I would much rather go and buy a HDFC and you know, which is 30% down and I will make the same amount of money in the next three years that I would make from a, uh, from a startup ecosystem. But I don't think that that's necessarily uh, uh, played out, played out fully. And I do believe that, that uh, you know, there is, there is more and more domestic interest coming. The other interesting piece that is happening is that uh, people are becoming much more mature and much more, uh, and are asking all the right questions around around investment within this space. So there is no longer a race to just uh, chase the next valuation story. So overall, there is there is interest. It'll it'll take a little bit of time again over the once once dust settles. But uh, but I am long term very positive about more and more domestic uh, interest and HR money coming into the space. We've seen that over the last two years really play out, and we continue to believe that the thesis will uh, will continue to play
0: out. Chinese investors would not be like investing the way they were. How do you see that playing a role in the growth of the Indian startup story?
1: So I think think a very interesting question. So I'll answer that on two legs. One is the fact that whilst we've seen the government notify this change on FDI and on direct FDI of Chinese money coming in, I think there's still a... Some more clarity awaited, and you know we are in touch with the with the regulatory bodies, including SEBI, as well as the comment in terms of how does this impact uh, larger funds. That's in a little bit of a lack of clarity around how this impacts investments by broad-based funds who may have Chinese customers, but investment decisions are made are made uh, are made otherwise. Uh, I think I think there is still some clarity to emerge on that. And uh, therefore, we'll have to wait for the space to unfold. But I think more importantly, uh, uh, you know, every time there is a crisis, uh, we talk about the fact that you could see movement of, uh, uh, you know, uh, supply chain, uh, logistics, uh, you know, services moving from China uh, to India, right? And uh, we've seen that thesis play out in various manner within the past. But I think this time, given the unique nature of the thesis, uh, given the fact that there is generally a... a focus towards two things one is towards getting essential services manufacturing back in a country and therefore therefore over there looking at more localization second is also looking at how your non-essential services and how the supply chains play out and how it can't only be in one country Right, I think India will clearly benefit as a result of that. You will see benefit in terms of pharma. You will see a lot of other benefit. So, so you will see, so you will see, so you will see some benefit uh, happening to India as a result of those supply chains and logistics happening. It will take a little bit of time to unfold. As I said, you could see sectors like pharma, etc., benefiting as a result of it immediately. But I think across the startup ecosystem as well, you will see supply chain logistics changing. You will see how you reduce demand on China, etc. The sec- Pieces. And you know, I'm I'm positive on that. Is again in terms of looking at how money flows into India, right? See, uh, what all of you have to remember is that uh, the the global governments, right, uh, including India, right, are are flushing the markets with liquidity, right? Stimulus to the extent of what 6 percent of world GDP has been announced so far, and this is and all the central banks are doing this. And there is only one goal, which is to prevent depression and to prevent def- deflation, right? Which essentially means that there is so much money flowing around within the system that it's going to find its way into various investment outcomes. And I think if we are able to play our cards we should see we should see some of that some of that money coming in. So I think in summary, early to comment on the China piece because we are still waiting for some regulatory clarity on how it will how it will work for odd-based funds. Uh, secondly, you will you will see some movement of supply chain logistics demand. Uh, you know countries moving non-essential services out of just one location and actually diversifying it across locations and India could be a beneficiary of that right And thirdly, I think as a result of all of the liquidity that is flowing around and as a result of what is happening, you will see a lot of that move into investment investment avenues which if we are if we are smart, uh, as a government, and as and you know, we are able to open and do the right pieces, which the regulator is very keenly engaged in. We're having a lot of uh, conversations with the with the regulator, and one of the pieces that we've been raising with the regulator is that you need to have flexibility of capital raising to be right at the top agenda. Because what you don't want is that for companies that need money, right. Uh, they should be able to have access to that to that money, be it either through domestic or international means, uh, without looking at and you know really look at in these unprecedented times, really look at your regulatory environment to ensure that you are able to make this as easy as possible. That you don't want first, you don't want to become a yes bank before you rescue it. You want to ensure that you are working, uh, you are being preemptive much earlier uh, before you really uh, you know to ensure that you are really able to take advantage of it. So, uh, so Sharda, that's what I was essentially uh, uh, talking about.
0: What would be your advice to all the entrepreneurs? What would you say to the majority who are building their businesses as of now, as of today?
1: So, you know, uh, Sharda, to some extent, I actually uh, identify and empathize with a lot of the entrepreneurs uh, over here. Uh, You know, my journey also over the. So, I actually joined the business about two months ago. Uh, I used to work with uh, Standard Chartered and H B C previously, and I spent 20 years over there. So you can imagine that uh, you know coming into a new during I think this this most this word today during these unprecedented times has its own set of uh, challenges, right? And uh, and uh, you know what I would uh, what I would say is and you know this is what I'm learning from my own experiences. Like, I think this is going to help all of us build right it is going to add character to everybody it is going to add character to every business that survives you know uh it's a business that you build in a recessionary environment right and three pieces of this a lot of businesses that you build during an environments succeed much more than anything that you build during a time where you know everything is great you're getting great amount of valuation you're getting uh you know uh round around you're spending it Right. And I think the piece that I've been most impressed upon this time is that when is that you know when we are talking to a lot of the funds who are engaged in terms of working with our community, itself, is that whether somebody's really well funded for the next two to three years, right? Or somebody of course has only three or six months of in the bank, whether they are people who are seeing completely in the revenue flows of their of their business, or people are positively impacted as a as a result of COVID because of their peace. People are still asking the same question, saying, do I need cost? right, do I need to redo my redo and business model, right, as I was, I was making that example of, uh, you know, yoga to you, right, to say that if I have three or four great yoga, yoga studios, I'm only going to help and complete, because there is a player who's actually done that, right, and they've come out with a great uh, application as a result of it, so I think if, I think, what I, would, what I would suggest is that, guys, firstly, this builds immense character. Secondly, I was there during the 2007-2008 phenomenon when the last recession happened, right? And what happened during the last recession is that people took very long and a lot of time to react to it, right? People kept things running, business as usual, thinking this too shall pass. Which is why you saw a lot of failures, a lot of business. This time what has happened is that people are reacting much ahead of the event, right? They're saying what are the plans that you have. How do we the most important piece right now is survival? If uh, for companies that are bootstrapped for companies that are these issues, the most important piece right now is survival. The second most important piece is to ensure that you hold your co talent together. Because you know if you fail to hold your co talent together, you right? And the third one is to really look very, very, very carefully at your value proposition and and the and the good that you have to ensure that you are looking at all levers of it, and you are ready to re, uh, reorient and reinvent. And I'm, and you know as I was talking about earlier, saying if you're looking at cost and cash flows, if you have a sound business model, if you've a desire of if you've got if you two or two or three of these pieces right, right, uh, I think I think this will this will really help help you build character in yourself, your business, and the business up you uh, at your level. And I think. And I think the last piece that uh, i say is that it is very important to have a round device. And I'm not talking about a well device, I'm talking about just right? Don't shy away from making help from the entire ecosystem. This is one of the most interesting things that I've seen: that so many people are ready and ready to help and really let, you know, be uh, industry associations, needs associations, be people to engage with. Right? Please take all the inputs that you need. Similarly, on your wealth of that there is much volatility happening, happening within the market. Please continue to seek advice of people who are who are equipped of talking to financial advisors to ensure that you're making the right decisions. And you know, they say, right, uh, do something in haste and venture. I would say, uh, take time, especially on personal decisions. Right, uh, 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 from a from a personal wealth perspective but be but be much more aggressive on what you do professionally from a business perspective have a plan and then execute it with full sincerity so uh, i hope that i hope that helps what
0: are some of the things you would say you've seen that these kind of people do very well who attract a lot of wealth
1: first is uh, clarity of purpose right uh, i think uh, i think a lot of us get a lot gets noise Right? And I think that clarity of purpose is very important, and I think for the people who are on this call, especially from the startup ecosystem, I, I would say for most of them that clarity of purpose exists because for you to move from a steady salary paying job to go and want to build something and change the world, right, that clarity of purpose is a complete. I think uh, the second point that I've seen in a lot of people, uh, apart from clarity of purpose uh, of purpose is, uh, uh, you know, the unique ability to be able to both uh, have the discipline and rigor to be very short-minded with to short-term outcomes, but also think very strategic. You know, it's very easy to say that, but I've seen that with very few people. Either people are at one end or people are at the other end, and I have seen this with very few people. And I think uh, it's something that you should constantly think of, right? And the third, one which is really underrated, is discipline. Right? Uh, uh, I think uh, I think discipline matters tremendously. You know, to be able to get uh, to be able to know what you have to do and what you don't have to do. More importantly, right, uh, matters tremendously. And I think that discipline is very important. And the fourth one is that. Always thinking of consistency, like, like you always have plans. So um, you know, I did five weeks more trades. So this is what came up when uh, you threw this into this question.
0: What has been your personal relationship with money? How do you view money in your own personal life?
1: Uh, so I think it's uh, 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 a very interesting question, and and uh, and it forces it a little, but. Uh, You know, uh, uh, so I think as you, as you grow uh, and as you become older, uh, I'm not talking about becoming more, more mature than the thing as you grow older, right? Uh, uh, Your needs and your, uh, and you know, what money represents in your life, in your life changes. Right? Uh, Much earlier in my life, uh, you know, when I didn't have a family, when I didn't have uh, children, I looked at money in a very different way to the way that I look at it today. But, uh, but, but I do believe that. I'm a very firm. In fact, that money chases uh, you know, money chases the outcomes that you that you deliver. So I think, uh, so I think for me, uh, there there are two or three pieces that I do. Firstly, regard to managing my own money, uh, you know, whilst whilst I am talking about a vast breadth of opportunities that I've just spoken about, I like to deliberately keep my own stuff. I am i I'm a person who has been uh, investing through SIP for the last ten years. Uh, when I get lump sum monies as well, I put it in a staggered approach. I have about 65% of my, my earnings and 30% uh, in, uh, in the system. Apart from that, I have a real estate portfolio, but I am not a firm believer of real estate. So, you know, I have a, a primary residence and you know, one more residence at the most. Uh, I, I do believe that real estate as an industry is not going to... Uh, play any meaningful role over the next few years in terms of growth plan. and therefore it is a financial uh, piece that will not matter uh, the second piece is that uh, you know uh, 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 as i said i'm more focused on outcomes of what i'm trying to do and deliver and i believe that money will follow for itself you need to have enough money to ensure that you go to sleep at night uh, you know uh, properly and which is why if you remember when i started originally i said that emergency nested is a very important thing which very few of us do we have money we have money but we park away and, start, and then we worry about say, okay, what do we do about. It's very important to everybody because in today's volatile world, uh, you know, you may be an amazing superstar but it, but but at times it's just about being at the wrong place at the wrong time as well, right? So I think that is, that is very important to not have that stress of money because it can drive the wrong outcomes, right? And secondly, I think COVID has also forced me to really think about what is essential and what is non-essential, right? And how should I be, uh, you know, living my life going forward? And I'm sure a lot of the viewers of the call uh, are also going through a similar similar crisis. And believe you me, it actually makes you question a lot of things. So uh, I think for me, uh, much rather really focus on the quality of what I'm doing, have a, have a happy day at work, be really enthused about uh, the... Uh, you know whom I work with, and you know how I uh, how I look these outcomes, and then and then and then money follows. But but of course, but of course, at the end of it, when you have the money, you have to be very careful about what you are looking at. You have to work with the right advisor. You have to collaborate and across the ecosystem. It fixed the it fixes the startup ecosystem, the really start and the building period for it. Uh, you know, a person in So these are the three or four things I would say. Uh I think uh, I think lastly, uh interesting piece that's going to emerge in more and more which is the interconnectedness of our economy, offshore investments will become more and more critical. And I think people make more and more money, one of the you will see the emergence of that happen in India as well. So, so uh, that's uh, so uh, that's all I had to say on this show.